Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. I want to get right into the Word tonight. If you lift your Bibles uh, high tonight, I want to get right in the Word. The Lord totally about, oh, 20 minutes ago said, I don't want to say what you was going to say tonight. I want to say something else. And I said, yes, sir. Uh, so look at the neighbor and say, say, this is going to be real good for you. That was the wrong neighbor because they didn't talk right to you. Look at the other neighbor and say, this is going to be real good for you. Now, I need, to, I need to warn you tonight, uh, I, I, I'm going to say some, uh, uh, some things that's, that's probably going to speak to you real poignantly tonight and, uh, and very profoundly tonight, uh, uh, so, so I just want you to just, just get loose. Can somebody just get loose tonight? So, so I understand if you're used to a more pedagogical style of teaching where you just speak monotone, kind of like Ben Stein on one of those commercials and that kind of thing, that ain't what we finna do tonight. Uh, that's not where we're going tonight. Uh, 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 but I got good news for you. By the time I'm done with this tonight, whatever's been bothering you. <laughs> uh, somebody online's getting this thing. By the time we finish this tonight, Whatever's been bothering you, whatever's been messing with you, whatever's been taunting you, whatever's been trying to keep you depressed and keep you discouraged, by the time I'm through with this tonight, ah, lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message I'm about to receive. You can be seated. We're going to get right to it. Go to Psalm 69. Psalm 69. We are going to do an exegetical study of the 69th Psalm tonight, which is a Psalm of David. Somebody say David. Uh, you do know David. David uh, was the now the son of Jesse. And David was now, uh, as a young boy, he was a shepherd. Somebody say shepherd. A shepherd is the same imagery that the scripture uses when it is referring to a pastor. So David then was essentially a pastor, and David now has found himself uh, in a particular situation where God has chosen him to be king. Say king. Please understand, it is interesting because God always likes to take who you think he'll never use and who you think will never amount to anything and turn them into something. Uh, in fact, when Jesse uh, was, when the man of God was coming, 
to uh, uh, anoint who the new king was going to be. Jesse, David's father, didn't even think enough of Jesse to let Jesse in the house to be seen by the man of God. And so now you have to understand David now deals with it his entire life, uh, this complex now that he just doesn't quite have what it takes because if his father didn't think he had what it takes, then certainly nobody else could think uh, he had what it takes. And so some of you tonight, the demons you're fighting and the battles that you're fighting are battles from uh, other people who didn't have their stuff figured out and they stuff bled on to you. But touch your neighbor say, but there is tonight. See, if I can just get the right amount of faith, that's why I like Wednesdays because thirsty people come to church on Wednesday. I, I, so now David now has got this very pronounced wound that he's dealing with because his father did not think he was good enough. So he now has essentially been rejected. So the man of God goes through all of uh, 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 Jesse's sons and he says, the king's not here. Somebody say he wasn't there. Uh, and, and he says, there has to be somebody else. Is there somebody else that could possibly be the guy? Is there somebody else that could possibly be the one? Because God told me it was in Jesse's house, but what you've shown me so far is not the one. So uh, uh, Jesse says, well, I do have this other son, uh, David, but uh, implied in his statement is David certainly couldn't even have what it takes. So much so, I didn't even tell David you were coming by the house to anoint a new king. So I didn't have him shower. I didn't have him get prepared. I didn't have him get his lines ready to say to the man of God. I didn't tell him nothing because I just didn't think that David could possibly be the one. What you need to know about your neighbor is there some people that thought your neighbor wouldn't be able to be the one, the one to do what the one to break the curse the one to succeed where others didn't succeed the one to go to college and get that degree the one to get that job that they're not qualified for the one that finally did something that everybody else in the bloodline didn't do touch your neighbor say you are the one yes you are see uh, see a lot of folk have written you off saying you won't be this and you won't be that and you won't be this but the god that we serve I said the God that we serve specializes in using the one that they didn't even invite into that. You ought to be glad those folk rejected you. You ought to be glad those folk talked about you because rejection is just redirection. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me tonight. So now David now is anointed, in the Bible says, in the midst of his brethren, and he is now anointed to become the king. And I love what the Bible says because the Bible says that uh, the man of God made sure that David's brothers had to watch him be anointed in front of them. Uh, in other words, God said, I want them to see that the one they tried to keep pushing down is the one that in one moment I lifted up. I want them to see that the one that they thought didn't have what it took is the one that I'm going to lift up. I, so I want to do it in front of them. I wish you uh, would look at your neighbor and just tell your neighbor, you are the one. Uh-huh. No, that was the wrong neighbor. They ain't talking right to you. Get that other one. Tell them, say, you are the one. Yes, yes. Uh -huh, yes, you are. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. You are going to knock poverty out of your bloodline. You are the one. And that's why you've been catching so much hell these last few months is because even the devil knows you are the one. And he came through nothing about it. Shake your neighbor's arm like he's going to shake it off and tell him that sucker can't do nothing about it. He's mad, but that's all he can do is sit up and be mad because God already picked me. I am the one. Yes, I am. So watch this now. David, he's anointed to be king. And you would think that as he's anointed to be king, you would think it happened instantaneously. It doesn't. It, it, it takes several years. Somebody say several years. Several years. 
For when David is anointed at king, it takes several years before he actually ascends to the throne, which means there can be a grace on you to do something that you're not currently in. <laughs> because the anointing, which is God's favor, it is God adding his super to your natural. It is the grace of God that empowers us to do things. That's why, please understand, if your neighbor, you look real great tonight, but if your neighbor knew all the hell you had to been through, and the reality is, is, is that the truth we told, it was rough. But you look at it and like, well, you know, I did this, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. You know why? Because you had the grace. Other people would have lost their mind had they had to deal with the hell you deal with. But God said, I graced you before I ever let you go through it. So when you came out of your mama's womb, even though you had to deal with some hell, I graced you. And even though you had some rough child years, I graced you. And even though you had some rough teenage years, I graced you then too. So now he, 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 we are in Psalm, and, and David, who is a magician, he's not only a pastor, but he's also a musician. Uh, he's not only a, uh, the pastor, he's also gifted musically. So now he has this ability to play. And the scripture says that uh, for years he now plays for Saul, who is the incumbent king that God says, I don't want him no more because he doesn't do what I tell him to do. So I want somebody that will do what I tell him to do. Touch your neighbor and say, do what you're told. And then nobody asks you how you felt. Then nobody asks you what you think about it. Then nobody, no, touch your neighbor and say, do what you're told. So, so he would play for King Saul, the incumbent king, for years. The scripture says that the Lord would allow a distressing spirit, or actually, quite frankly, it says sin, a distressing spirit uh, on Saul. And then when that spirit would be sent, David would come and David would play it away, which now tells me that music has the ability to do something for me that sometimes I can't do for myself. Which is why I encourage you, don't miss the praise and worship if you can. And even if you're driving from work, bring it up on your phone and let it sit over here in your passenger seat. Or even if you're walking here on the bus on a Wednesday or Sunday, just bring up the praise and worship. Even if you got to be late, still get here. But somehow you got to get into praise and worship, Bishop. Why? Because the music can do for me what I can't do for my... The king got stressed out, and the scripture says only when David played did the distressing spirit leave, which means some spirits are, watch this, ejected by music, but then some spirits can be interjected by music. You're not hearing what I'm saying? That's why you got to be careful when you're stressed out to start listening to the music you used to listen to when you used to start. Tony Braxton ain't got your answer. Ain't nothing wrong with her, but Tamar ain't got your answer. Ain't nothing wrong with her, but, but little Sir Wayne ain't got your answer. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I'm here to tell you there is a worship and there is a praise that can lift that distressing spirit up off of you to where you're saying I'm happy and I don't even know why I'm happy. I'm joyful and it don't make no sense while I'm joyful. You're still here. So watch this now. David would play. Say he'd play. And so now we're in Psalm 69. I needed to give you the background. Because David is going through some things. Say, so he's going through some things. Now, he's anointed to be king. Say, king. king. So, you think a man that's got that grace and that power would just speak a word and boom, be over it. See, I, I want to talk to those of you who, who you've been beating yourself up be, because, because, yes, you're a king and a priest. But sometimes you feel weaker than the weakest 
of the week. I need to, I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but, but even, though, uh, you, even though you've been through some things and you've fought through some things, there, there, I, I'm just talking to somebody tonight where there are times where you feel so weak and there are times where you feel so clueless about what to do and how to do it. There are even times to where you've begun to question whether or not your God is simply because a situation showed up. Y'all ain't going to hear what I'm saying. Because sometimes you, you, you can have human moments. Such a neighbor say human moments. Sometimes your human moments can make you say, well, if God really loved me, why this? If God really was for me, why this? If God really, you ain't not going to say nothing. Nobody's ever thought that way. And so David, who's anointed to be king, who's got the authority of the words of God himself, is having a human moment in Psalm 69. Because watch this, verse 1. He says, now he's the pastor and he's a musician. And he says, he says, he sends it to, he sends it to now the chief musician. And he says, I want you to set this to the lilies. In other words, this was some established, uh, the preface to this, to verse one uh, in your Bibles. Mine reads like this, to the chief musician set to the lilies, a psalm of David. It literally means, I want you to set these words to some music. He said, he said, I'm going to write a song from my stress. Yeah, now, yeah, now, hear me. He said, I'm going to write my testimony while I'm in the middle of my test. Ah. He, he, he said, he, he said I'm going to write my victory chant while I'm in the middle of being victimized. Y'all, y'all not going to say nothing to me. He, he says, I want you to put this to some music. Touch your neighbor and say, put some music to it. Now, just look at verse 1. He says, save me, O God. Oh, my God. Now, listen, tonight I just need to tell you, if you don't shout, please understand, I'm just going to shout. So I know, again, if you want to be very pedagogical, I understand that. So, so just, you know, that's cool. But I just need you to understand I'm shouting tonight. Verse 1, save me, O God. Wait a minute. Anoint you to be king. Has the authority of God himself. When this boy sits down to play, devils leave. Demons leave. Distressing spirits that even God himself sends leave. But he starts out this psalm saying, save me. Oh God, watch what he says. For the waters have come up to my neck. Neck there is the Greek, uh, the Hebrew word, excuse me, soul. He says, the waters have come up to my mind, my thoughts, my will, and emotions. So catch the visual. He says, I'm anointed to be king. I am the one. I am what you've called me to be. I am the curse breaker. He said, but I'm standing in the middle of some water that's messing with my mind, that's messing with my thoughts, that's messing with my will, and that's messing with my emotions. And implied is the water's rushing so fast, I feel like I'm drowning. And is there anybody? Is there anybody in here where sometimes life can throw some situations at you and some circumstances at you to where on Sunday morning you were saying I was born for this, but then by Tuesday afternoon you're saying save me, oh God? Is there anybody? Verse two. Now he's saying put this to some music. He says verse two. He says I sink in deep mire. Where there is no standing, I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. <laughs> King. Got the words of God in his mouth. And he said, I'm sinking in some deep mire. Mire there in the Hebrew means effervescing. Now, you, 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 you've ever taken a, a Alka-Seltzer or something similar to that? And you drop it in the water, and what happens? It begins to, the effervescence begin, and that fizz begins to, and it begins to raise, it begins to lift, that the, the bubbles begin to go. Are y'all here? 
David said, I'm sinking in uh, where there is no standing. I've come into deep waters that are effervescing. Or excuse me, I sink in deep mire, verse 2, which, where it's effervescing. Say it's effervescing. In other words, he said, I'm up. Then I'm down. Then I'm up. Then I'm down. And I effervesce after church. But then when I go back to the reality of my situation, I'm down. You understand nothing. And after I prayed, I'm up. But then when I stopped praying, I'm down. When I worshiped, I was up. But then when I stopped worshiped, I started worrying, and now I'm down. He said, I'm effervescing. He says, are you here? He said, where there is no standing, he said, I, I can't even get my feet up under me. I've come into deep waters where the floods overflow. That word in Hebrew means overwhelm me. Now, now watch this. Mire means effervescing, but waters here, I need to talk. Can I talk real frank to you? Waters here in Hebrew is a very interesting use of the word here. So for my pedagogical students tonight, you'll love this. It's a very interesting use of the word waters here because it doesn't mean water. Doesn't it say it doesn't mean water? It's a euphemism. It's a Hebrew word that's a euphemism. And a euphemism is a word that is used that is much nicer than what he really meant to say. Can I tell you in Hebrew what he really said he was standing in? He said, I've come. I, now, this is the, if you go look it up, this is literally what it means. So don't look at me cross-eyed because you might get looked back that way. Say it's a euphemism. <laughs> Which means it doesn't mean water. So he used a Hebrew word that was a euphemism. Got it? He cleaned it up because he knew we'd be reading it thousands of years later, perhaps. It literally means, water literally here means piss. Now, I'm real, but I ain't going to say the other one. So I'll say waste. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. David wrote his song and he said, God, can I just be real with you? I'm standing in the middle of some piss and some, and some waste. That's literally what it means in Hebrew. If you look up the Hebrew word, it literally says that. Literally the word, not urine, literally that word right there. Now, I don't know about you. But anybody that you ever felt like, if you take that nice church smile off, be honest and say, God, I feel like I'm standing in the middle of some and some, which means somebody else wasted something and I got to stand in the waste they left. I didn't even do nothing and I got to put up with the hell they left. It ain't my piss and waste, it's theirs. He said, verse 3, verse 3, he said, I am weary with crying. He said, my throat is dry and my eyes fail because I'm waiting on you, God. He said, Lord, he said, Lord, in essence, he's saying, now I could go do something. He said, but, but show them that you're my God. Yeah. 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 You know, he was, 
<laughs> if you ever had somebody wrong you, because you're going to see what he's mad about in a minute. If you ever had somebody wrong you, you know, the old you is like, oh, I can fix this. And ask for forgiveness later. But David said, I'm waiting on you. Because, because you told me vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And I could go get vengeance, but you told me not to. So I'm waiting on you to get it. But when you going to get it? See, I guess you've never been wronged by anybody. I guess you've never been lied on by anybody. I guess you never had to put up with the mess other folk have left in your life and they came in and stirred up hell in your life and then left and now you got to pick up the pieces with the hell they left. I guess you never had to deal with that, so maybe you don't understand. Look what he says, verse 4. Those Now, now we're going to get into the meat of this thing. He says, those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. He said, God, they don't even have a reason to be acting like that with me. He said, he said, they, he said God, they're drainal drinkers. And they didn't take their prescriptions. And they off them. And God, you better tell them to get their prescriptions. Because, God, if you don't, I'm just telling you, I'm the king, but I know how to kill and cut too. David was saying. So, so, he said, they're crazy, and they hate me without a cause. He says, they are mighty who would destroy me. Now, if you read that on surface level, you'll think, it's some big person coming against David. But mighty doesn't mean mighty in Hebrew. Mighty in the word right here means the Hebrew word atsam, A-T-S-A-M, which means bones. Bones here, if I go to the root etymological structure of the word, it means, watch this, though they are bones who would destroy me but here we have another interesting use of words because he didn't literally mean they were destroying him that word bones at some in its root meaning means they are making me great increasing me giving me more and making me stronger So you can see David effervescing because he's like, God save me. But he's like, truth be told, this is making me stronger and this is making me great and this is increasing me and this is giving me more. Touch your neighbor, say, thank God for your bones. Thank God. Yes, sir. It was them that made you pray. It was that that made you worship. It was. Ah. So watch, you see the effervescence. He's saying, save me, they hate me, but then he's saying, but they're really making me stronger. He said, look, look, being my enemies wrongfully, I've stolen nothing from them. He says, and I still must restore it. Now, now right here, he just means, I got to still deal with it as if I did. My sister, touch your neighbor, say, this is a tough situation. Now, remember, David said, put this to some music. Now, why? I just, I need to just pause before I even get to this point. Why would he say, put this to some music? Maybe you don't know about David. David was saying, God, right now, I'm in it. So, I'm acting like a human sometimes when I should be acting like a king. 
He said, but I seen you get me out of stuff before. And when you got me out of that last thing, I started dancing. So put this situation to some music. Because I'm getting ready to dance once this bad boy's over. I'm in it right now, but it's about to be over. <laughs> this too shall pass. I, I wish you'd shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off and say, baby, it's about to be over. Yeah, it's about to be. You better start getting ready to dance now. Pick out your outfit now. Pick out them shoes now because you. You're going to be dancing on what you were crying about yesterday. You're going to shock out about. He said, he said, I'm getting my song ready. He said, because God, they must not know that the God I serve, if he be for me, who can be against me? Touch your neighbor, I'm about to dance. That was the wrong neighbor. They didn't say it right. Touch the other one. Say, I'm about to dance. I sure am. What what's this? And you know why you dance? I'm getting ahead of myself. You dance because you're having a party. Let me come, come, come here. Come, come, come here. Look, come, come, secret. Come, come, come here. Come here. Um, have you ever gotten a large sum of money? And did you ever? Pull that check out and do your I just got some money dance. You ever expected to get a hundred but open it up and it was five thousand and just you you like I, I, I God says, baby, by this time tomorrow, I'm prophesying to somebody. You gonna be dancing? I just need about 15 seconds of your pre-dance party right here. I'm releasing in the atmosphere. By this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, I'm gonna be, baby, I'm gonna be dancing. Shouldn't have messed with me. You don't know about me, my God. Be seated. I got to finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. I got 16 minutes. I got to finish. I got to finish. <laughs> David said, put this to some music because this ain't finna be how my story goes down. <laughs> David said, I've been through too much. <laughs> but you to think this little thing here. Well, what's this? What's this? Y'all okay? Verse 6. Let not those who wait... Wait there means patiently. Touch your neighbor and say, you've been patient. Patience is not waiting. It's how you wait. It's not waiting. It's how you wait. It's not waiting. It's how you wait. So patience says, patience says, all right, God, I could do something. And, but I'd have to ask for forgiveness or whatever your circumstance is. He said, so, Lord, I'm patiently waiting, which means I'm not complaining while I'm waiting. Now, now watch this. Complaining doesn't mean I don't have human moments. It just means when I see myself having a moment, I... Shut up. You know what's coming next. Slap yourself. 
I don't see some of you doing it. Do it. Sometimes you got to shut your mouth. Y'all not hearing something. The other day I was having a conversation. The whole way through the conversation, the Holy Ghost says, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I said, but I want to say something. He says, shut your dog. Go now. You. Now, if y'all don't get it, I'm going to have you slap your neighbor, and then you're going to be all offended after church. And all the fighters was like, mm-mm, they better not. I'm not the one that's that mean. <laughs> it's out of order. If I tell you to slap them, you slap them. But don't. Touch your neighbor say, I'm patient. So while I'm patient, that means God, while I'm waiting on a breakthrough, I'm still serving. And I ain't complaining. And I'm still giving. And I ain't complaining. And I'm still showing up with a praise on my lips. And I ain't complaining. And even if I didn't pray with the right spirit, I asked for repentance and said, Lord, forgive me for acting that way. Lord, I just had a human moment, and Lord, please don't count it against me. Sometimes you got to say to the Lord, Lord, what in the heaven was I doing? It's third week. I might let it bust out. Say, I've been patient. So, 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 so wait here. It's not just waiting. It's, it's, it's how we wait. For you, O Lord, God of hosts. Now, watch this. David turns his song up. See, he lead a scripture there. He, he, he started out saying, save me, God, oh God. So God there is a title. God's not God's name. God is a title. It's a sixth century Germanic term from the root word gudan, which means source. So he says, save me, source. Okay? God's name is Yahweh. In English, Jehovah. His covenant name, L-O-R-D, when you see it in all camps in your Bible, Y-H-W-H, yet hey wav The Jews won't utter that name, so they call it, you know, the name. They have a symbol for it called the tetragrammaton that a rabbi would hold up or the high priest would hold up above his forehead. And when he would bless the people, he would say, I bless you in the name. Why? Because if I say that name, that name is going to show up. So we'll give him a title so that we don't misuse his name. But now, touch your neighbor and say, he, he turned it. Because now he's not saying, save me, God. He's saying, let those who are patient with you, God, oh, Lord, who fights for us. I'm going to talk to this row right here because they didn't hear me. He said, uh, Lord, I'm getting angry the more I'm writing my song. Because the audacity of the enemies. He said, so now, I don't just want to call you by your title. It's another title we have for you, the Lord of hosts, which means the Lord who fights for us. It also translates the God of angel armies, which means our God, touch your neighbor and say our God. He's not some wimp sitting in the back room somewhere. Our God is the general of angel armies. And he says, if you mess with my children. Get the camera on me. He says, if you mess with my children, I'm showing up and I'm bringing the army with me. Watch this. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, the army. 
is fighting for you. That was the wrong neighbor. That's okay. You keep starting with the wrong one. Come on. That's that other one. Say, the army is fighting for you. Tell a matter of fact, I got good news. They've already won. You certainly don't think it's really a fight when God's involved. He just wants to give you the imagery, but he don't have to fight. When he shows up, they bow the knee. Let not those, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Look at verse 7. Because of your sake, I have borne reproach. Reproach means taunting of an enemy. He says, because of you, God, I'm experiencing being taunted by an enemy. Shame, which in Hebrew means insult, has covered my face. Face in Hebrew means battle. He says, so God, uh, truth be told, Lord, I didn't ask to be king. I was over here messing with these here sheep. You pulled me off. Truth be told, what the kind of life God has ordained for you. You real spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, they got to a place where they were going to be okay settling. But then God said, come here. I didn't go through all that hell on Calvary for you to just settle. So, yes, Revelation 1-6, I've picked you to be a king and a priest and a curse breaker and a history maker. And so because of that, he says, he says, he says, God, truth be told, I'm being torn by an enemy, and, 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 and this insult is in my battle. He said, but, but truth be told, Lord, none of that would have happened had you left me over there with them sheep. The extent of David's problem would have been sheep. But he was the one. Testament says, you are the one. Verse 9, because zeal for your house has eaten me up. In other words, he's saying, God, I got zealous passionate for you i got passionate and i got zealous for serving you god look what he says and the reproaches or the taunting of those who taunt you have fallen on me in other words in other words listen to what david's saying look at me harvest look what, look what he's saying david's saying god because of my passion for you the folk who watch this act like you ain't going to do nothing about what they did to me. I don't think you understand. Have you ever looked at some folk and say, you must not fear God? You must think God is just going to let you get away. And here's what happens. For a little while, the scripture says he'll let them. So that like a thief in the night, he comes in and snatches him up and says, I told you not to mess with my child. Just your neighbor say, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. But you got an issue with me? Just pray for me. But don't you mess with me. Don't you mess with me. Don't you mess with me. Don't. 
He says, he says, God, he says, God, some of you got issues going on right now. And, and the truth is is, 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 is he's saying, God, he says, he says, the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. He says, God, truth be told, their real issue is they don't really fear you. Which is why they would treat your ambassador this way. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? You need to understand that behind every crazy person is a spirit that really don't fear God. Yeah, but the people trying to trying to short you and shortchange you and get over on you and this and that. The truth is, they just don't fear God, so they think they can treat His people any kind of way. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing, which is why the world doesn't have a problem with worldly folk having stuff, but they have a problem with Christian people having stuff. Why? Because they say if we can keep the church folk broke but shouting, well, we're okay with that. But if they get something, if they own something, if they run something, if they shake something, say something, do something, move something, we got a problem with that. They don't have no problem when you're over here picking cotton, but let you blaze up and buy the plantation. Now they got something to say. He said, God, he said, God, he said, they, they, their real problem is with you. Y'all all right? Look at verse 10. He says, when I wept and chastened my soul, corrected my soul with fasting, that became my taunting. He says, so God, here's what I did. He says, I was going through a situation, and he said, and, I, and I, I had to check my soul, my mind, my thoughts, my will, and emotions. And David said, the way I checked my soul was I fasted. Does your neighbor say fast? He said, I didn't wait until a fast was called corporately. He said, I, I needed a personal breakthrough. So when I woke up, I said, well, today is the day I'm fasting because I need God to move, and I don't need him to move to next week. I don't need him to move next month. I need him to move right now. Doesn't even say check your soul. Now, you know why he says that? He says, because remember, he's effervescing. He's up, he's down. He's up. He says, so God, I need to stop being up and down because every time I keep doing this buoyancy thing, I keep, I keep going through more than I have to go through. See, some of what you call spiritual attack in spiritual attack is your out of control emotions. Your emotions run you. They rule you. They tell you to sit over here. They tell you to do that. And your emotions were given to you to serve you, not to run you. That's why love is not an emotion. It is a decision that produces emotions. Because if love is an emotion, it effervesces, which means it changes. Which is the reason why some of y'all got with folk that said, I love you, I love you, I love you. But they felt love for you, but they didn't decide to love you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Which means feelings change and feelings leave. But decisions are resolute. So God's love for, us is not, love for us is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. He says, I love you, which means God says, even when you're acting crazy, I'll stand back over here and let you act crazy for a while, but I decided to love you, which means even while you're acting crazy, I'm going to sit over here and wait for you to get that up out your system, and then I'm going to come visit you in the middle of the night and say, are you done now? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Tonight, God is saying to somebody, are you done now? Are you done with that? Have you cried enough? Have you complained enough? Because I'm ready to move on. That's your neighbor say, God's ready to move on. Yeah, God's got the gift of move on. God says, I'm sick of talking about this issue. I'm uh, I don't have time. Skip down to verse 13. So he fasted. Somebody say he fasted. 
So whenever you find yourself in a situation where you need to see God move, David gives us a pattern. He fasted. Just never say fast. Why you fast so you can get them out of control, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Got to get them under control. Well, how do you get them under control? You don't feed them. Um, please understand, in, uh, in any form of slavery throughout history, human history, um, one of the tactics that would be used to control any slave would be controlling what they ate, how they ate, when they ate and what they ate. Got it? Because if I can take you to a place to where your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions are starving, then if I say do this to eat, you'll do it. When we fast, what we are saying to our mind, thoughts, will, and emotions is you ain't getting nothing to eat until you stop acting like a fool. Yeah, y'all not hear what I'm saying. And if you don't think you've ever acted like a fool, then you, uh, you, then you a fool right now because you're, you're delusional. We've all had some foolish moments. Touch your neighbor say, you too. Wrong neighbor. Touch the other one and say, me too. Uh, we've all had some foolish moments. So when we fast, we are saying, stop it. You ain't getting nothing. Hey, parents, you do it with your kids now. Now, you don't call it starvation. You just call it selective feeding. <laughs> Mama, can we go to so-and-so? No, we're not going there unless you clean your room. In other words, I'm not feeding you that until you do what I said, which means when your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions get out of order, you tell them, I'm not feeding you until you get back in order. You see what fasting does? It, it checks your soul. So I'm not giving you nothing to eat until you act right. But look at verse 13. But as for me, my prayer is to you. Oh, Lord, in the acceptable time. Now, acceptable time here means it's got two dual, well, several meanings, but the two I want to point out to you. It means voluntary. Doesn't even say voluntary. voluntary. In other words, God said, I want you to do this. You ever wanted somebody to do something because you wanted them to do it? Not because you said to do it? Now, I need to tell you, though, part of that is a very dysfunctional personality trait. No, part of that is, no, I just need to tell you the truth. Because you're violating Scripture. Scripture says, closed mouth, don't get fed. In so many words. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's trying to say. It, it is a dysfunctional personality trait to say they should just know. Uh-huh, see, none of the ladies like what I said. I don't care. I'm not studying you. You, you don't, I, I'm not. <laughs> you must not know about me. Well, he should just know that's what I want. How? Because he can read your mind? You've never verbalized that. You've never written that. You've never communicated that. And so you're sitting up here mad because you ain't got a mind reader. You are smoking dope and drinking Drano at the same time. You need to say what you want and want what you say. Because can't nobody read all up it. You can't even read up it. Say amen to that. But now watch this. In this particular instance, God is saying, David, I want your prayer. And he said, I'm going to favor you. He said, but I want you to pray not just because of the situation, the circumstance. I want, I want you to pray from a voluntary place, not a forced place. Amen. Amen. There's some prayers we pray out of force. Mm -hmm. 
But in this particular instance, this, this, this word in the, in, the, uh, in the set time or the acceptable time, it, it literally means in a time of voluntary. In other words, God says, I, 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 this time I don't want the pressure to push you to do it. I want you to do it because it's what you do. So what do we do as believers in Jesus Christ? We pray. Why? That's what we do. Harvesters are excellent. Why? That's what we do. That's who we are. We're not putting that on for you. That's just what we do. Y'all still here? I'm almost through. I'm almost through. I'm out of time. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, God, in the multitude of your mercy, he says, hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire. Out of this effervescing, out of this up and down, and do not let me sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and uh, let not the pit shut its mouth on me. Verse 16, hear me, O Lord. Now, now you see, watch him shift again. He, went, he started out God. Then he went to the Lord God that fights for me. And now he's saying his covenant name. He's okay. Can I help the deep folk in the room? He starts out using a title for God. He moves into an attribute of God. And now he says, I need him by his covenant name. We see three dimensions of a relationship develop in one song. He says, God, I don't just need to know you that you're my source. And I don't just need to know that you fight for me. But I know you that I know you that I know you that I know you that I know you. Parents, it's the equivalent of when you call your child, you call a first, middle, and last name because you want them to know, listen, I brought you up in here. In other words, when David uses God's covenant name, he says, God, now this thing here is personal. It ain't even about them no more. This thing is between me and you now. Touch your neighbor says, between me and God now. Look at this. He says, for your loving kindness is good. Say he's good. Even if what you're facing don't look good, he is. Turn to me according to your multitude of your tender mercies. In other words, he said, lean to me. Lean in my direction and be merciful to me. And don't hide your face from your servant. Look what he says. I'm in trouble. He says, hear me speedily. Draw near. Watch it now to my mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotion. Watch it. And redeem them. In other words, he said, go buy them back. Because God, when I was with you, I didn't act like that. But when I got down here, they got a little sidetracked. So he said, God, would you buy back my mind, my thoughts, my will, and emotions? Listen, what does that mean practically? God, I fasted and told him to get in order. He says, but I need you to redeem. Would you buy them back? In other words, God would, would you, God, would you give me the grace to not do that? Some of y'all who make bad decisions with your emotions, rather than just saying, I just keep doing it. You know what? You need to say, God, give me the grace to stop doing the same thing. You've been doing the same thing for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Sometimes you got to say, God, give me the grace to stop doing it the way I've been doing it because it's not been working that way. Deliver me because of my enemies. Verse 19, you know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Now look what he does. He flips the script. Now he says, God, they're in front of you. In other words, he said, God, you going to let them act like that to you? 
Y'all not hear what I'm saying? You, you ever, you ever saw something or whatever, and and then and then somebody, you know, third party walk away. You gonna, you gonna let someone do that to you? In other words, David now, watch this. This is his song. David's like, in his song, the hook is like, and you going to let him do you like that? Y'all not saying nothing to me. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And he's like, Lord, in case you're thinking of treating him nice, what's love? Got to do with it. Lord, if you're going to have a heart, have one with me, not to him. Is there a heart in the house tonight? Well, stand up. Let me know. Let me know. They don't know, man. I forgot. I'm in Denver. What is he talking about? Okay, I forgot. I apologize. Five heartbeats. Okay, anyway, so. Verse 20, watch it. Reproach has broken my heart. Taunting. He said, the taunting they've been doing, it's broken my heart. Which most often in Hebrew is the word leb, L-E-B, which means my mind. He said, it's broken me, being taunted by this. He said, and I'm full of heaviness. I looked for somebody to take it, but wasn't nobody. And for comforters, I didn't find nobody. But then watch what he says, verse 22. He says, Lord, I'll I tell you what I'd like you to do to them. Let their table become a snare before them. Verse 24, pour out your indignation or your hot wrath for anger on them. Verse 25, let their dwelling place be desolate. In other words, Lord, take their house and their job and their automobile. I'm making it modern. Let nobody live in their tent. In other words, he, he, he goes through this thing. And this is all his song. That he says, put it to some music. He said, because I know this is going to turn for my favor. Just a neighbor said, I know that. You got to get that in the, in the, in the South. They, they used to say, oh, back in the day. They used to say, you got to know it in your knower. Just a neighbor said, my knower knows. I know that this is going to work for my good. How do we know? For we know. <laughs> That all things work together. It didn't say all things work. It says they work together. Which means God will take the good, the bad, and the ugly and find some way to put them jokers together and make it work for your good. Watch this. I'm, I'm done. Here it is. Verse 29. I got three more verses. And we, I'm, I'm, here you go. Verse 29. But, but I am poor. Now let me be very clear. Poor here does not mean poor. It means afflicted in Hebrew. But I am afflicted and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. As he's getting towards the end, he goes back to the title. Because in other words, he's saying, I got so, so deep into this thing, God, that now I'm back to the place to where I'm like, you heard about what you think about? Well, how that's going to work out? You missed it. He goes all the way to his covenant name. And as the song's getting ready to end, he goes back to his title. In other words, 
in the middle of this breakdown he's having. You ever, you ever had a breakdown, anybody? And I, and I don't mean, you know, you're clinical, but. <laughs> if your neighbor ain't laughing, that tells you, they, which means from this day forward, watch him. We ain't playing nice with that no more. You watch him. Mm-mm, no, no more Mr. Nice Bishop. I'm being facetious, folks, in the name of Jesus the Christ. Um, so, you ever, you ever watch this? I was on a call. Can I tell you something? Y'all okay? I was on a call years ago. It was a call of bishops, and we were on the line, and, and we were dealing with a very, very uh, sensitive matter. And, uh, and one of the bishops got on the phone, and, and, he, and he started, he was kind of crying. He was kind of weeping. And then he went from crying, and, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and he went from crying. And then, and then can I, like, do y'all want me to tell you which version do you want? See, that's my church. You know, give us the edited version. No, parental advisory. <laughs> that's why we got King's Kids and Student Ministry. <laughs> so he goes from crying, and he, and he cried. Then he goes from crying to tongues. He's like, oh, you don't know about shit. You don't know about Then he goes to tongues. And, and I'm going to tell you what he said, okay? No, I know. You, you ready? Okay, how many people you want me to give you the real deal? Okay. All right, that's enough hands. Okay. Okay, all right. So I'm going to do it. Okay, all right. So don't say nothing about me. I say something back. I'll David you. <laughs> so we're on this bishop's call. Bishops around the world, we're on the call. And, uh, and so I, uh, uh, he, he goes from crying. Oh, he's crying. He's weeping. And he, I mean, he, he, was a, he was a, you know, he was a, you didn't, you didn't strike you as the kind of gentleman that would cry that way. Okay, <laughs> clean it up. All right. He didn't strike you as the kind of guy who cried. And so he's crying. I'm like, oh, my God, what is he doing? And then he goes in the tongues. And then he just switches. He's like, hell no. He said, we ain't going to let the devil do that. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? David starts out, uh, and then he goes in the tongues. He got on the watch, and then by the end, David is like, hell no, I'm not going to. I need to know where the people are at that got your hell no. Bishop, I'm not cursing, no. We're telling Satan, and we're telling hell, no. You're not going to do that in my family no more. You're not going to do that in my finances no more. You're not going to. Somebody might get offended. I don't care. Shout hell, no. Now, let me be clear, because some of you, maybe you're all offended. My first word to you is grow up. My, my second word to you is hell. In the Greek, is the word, one of the words is Gehenna. There's three Greek words, Tartarus and uh, Gehenna and Hades. Hades is the underworld. Tartarus deals with levels of death. And then Gehenna means hot trash. Now, just so you understand... He said, but Bishop was cussing. No, don't you lie on me. I'm using the uh, Gehenna version. You should know your Bible. 
But I'm telling you, I had a situation going on where I said, look, I did. I said, eh, I don't know. So when you're at your job and, and it gets you and you like this here, now don't say H no. Just say Gehenna no. I'm like, what are you over there talk what? Who is Gehenna? I don't nobody Gehenna work here. Okay, I, I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Y'all want me to finish? So this David goes through this thing. Like that, that, the bishop I was telling you about, he, he literally had it, and he had it right there on the phone in front of us all. And, and I remember, I mean, and, it, and listen, and it turned the whole call. I mean, everybody, we was all praying. Everybody put it on speaker and just left the phone and was just worshiping. Because of the scenario that was going on, we said, no, this, this is not going to go down like this. It is not going to happen like that. And that, that was in 2006, and I still remember that call to this day. Because I remember how he went from crying to tongues to mm-mm. And then he sent everybody. We all went. We just went in at that moment. We all just said, well, good evening. Yes, yes, the Lord will. Now, here's what I need you to see. That's what happened to David. And that's where some of you are at tonight. God said he needed you to get to your Gehenna Nong tonight. To where you ain't going to just sit back and let that situation taunt you anymore. You ain't just going to sit back and let that dysfunction taunt you anymore. No, I'm mad about it now. I'm mad. I was crying about it at first. And then I was saying fight for me. But now I'm. Two verses. And then, and then I'm done. Verse 30. I will praise you. So wait a minute. We've seen David do three things in this story. The first thing is he did is he what? He fasted. Second thing he did is he prayed. Watch this. Then he praised. Now I know that's simple. I've taught you that a billion times. That's embellishment. I've taught you four million times. (laughs) I'm being facetious. Okay. Watch this. Touch your neighbor. Say fast. Fast. Pray. Praise. Praise. Bishop, how am I going to get through this situation? Bishop, but you don't know what they're doing. But Bishop, it really hurts right now. Bishop, I don't know. I'm going to make the bills next month. Verse 30, I will praise the name of God, watch this, with my song that I just wrote. And I will magnify him with thanksgiving. You know what magnify means? I'm going to make him bigger. So why do I need to make God bigger? Who can, really, who can make God bigger? God is, you cannot make something that is already the most supreme of beings bigger. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's doublespeak, isn't it? Isn't it paradoxical in nature? It suggests now that there are two opposing phrases that are joined together that do not make sense when they are joined together. And so independently, they make sense. But when you join them together, it's a paradoxical statement because it doesn't make sense. And so how am I going to magnify God? It wasn't that God needed to get bigger. It was that I needed to see him. Let me talk over here because I ain't sitting over there no more. It's not that God is going to get any bigger. It's just that you and I need to see him as bigger. Bigger than your sickness. Bigger than your circumstance. Bigger than your situation. It's not that I'm making him bigger. It's just I need to see him as bigger. He says, 
I'm getting ready to magnify him with thanksgiving. What am I thanking him for? You say thank you when people do something for you. So, I, I, you know, that's like going to the drive-thru and going to the second window and saying thank you. They said, well, we didn't give you nothing because you didn't order nothing. Catch the order fast. So what is my thanksgiving for? Because when I pray. And the promises of God, they are yay or yes and amen. So when I pray, he moved. So why am I thanking him? Because I put my order in at window one. I had been fasting, so when I got there, I was hungry. So when I put my order in at window one, can I preach tonight? When I put my order in at window one, it wasn't nothing but a matter of time before I drove up to the second window. And then he gave me my order. And you know what you say to the lady or the man that's there at the window? Thank you. But what am I thinking of for? Because what I just ordered, I received. I wish you'd look at your neighbor and say, you're about to receive what you ordered. You're about, you're about to receive what you ordered, baby. You're about to receive what you better go get in the car and you better drive on to that second window. Cause what you ordered. Touch your neighbor, say, tell them thank you. For the Lord, verse 33, hears the poor. But now watch this. This word poor David uses in Hebrew is not the same word poor he just used up in verse 29. And 29 in Hebrew, it meant afflicted. And 33, it means those that need him to do it. He says... For the Lord hears, and watch the change again, see? So he, you see his effervescence? He goes from crying the tongues to telling people, heck no, and this and this. Now he's back. He's like, for the Lord hears those that need him to do it. In other words, if I could have fixed that, I would have fixed that. But this thing... See, where are the people in here tonight or the people watching where you got something that, truth be told, you don't have the power to fix? It's one, two, three, four, five. Okay, it's just a few. That's okay. It's not like I'm sitting in my seat of do nothing on my blessed assurance waiting on him to do something. There's nothing I can do about that. In the garden, you weren't given dominion over other human beings. So let them have dominion over the earth, the birds of the air, physics, etc. What he didn't give you dominion over was other humans. Which is why he says, you need me to turn the heart of the king. Because you don't have the dominion over another person. You need me to do that. And some of you got some situations, I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you got some situations where you need somebody to turn their heart to favor you, and you don't have the power to do that. 
You don't have the eloquent speech to do that. You don't, you, and so God says, you don't have dominion over them. I do, so you need me to do it for you. Touch your neighbor and say, I need the Lord to do it for me. But watch this last part. This, this part this, this part is going to mess you up. In a, in a, in, let me, no, I cancel that. It's going to mess you up. It's going to fix you up. Y'all guys came to church on Wednesday? Look at this. For the Lord hears those that need him to do it and does not despise, watch this, his prisoners. Well, now wait just one minute. This whole time we've been talking about your enemies, David, and the people that hate you without cause, David. But now at the end, all of a sudden, we are talking about a scenario where you refer to himself, or he refers, rather, David refers to himself as the Lord's prisoner. Touch his name and say, things that make you go, hmm. Now, uh, 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 Lord, what? You, you, you're doing this? Or are they doing this? Lord, 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 Lord I'm a little confused here. Because, because I thought you were for me. So how then is David now referring to himself as the Lord's prisoner? Because prisoner here has two very distinct meanings. And I'm done. Touch your neighbor and say, the bishop is done. I'm going to close the book. And we're going to do exactly them three things. I'm going to give you what we're going to do tonight. Tonight, we're going to handle some business. So that by Thursday night, even those of y'all that can't dance, which I will be part of that crew. You're you going to be dancing by tomorrow night. Touch your neighbor and say, watch me, watch me, watch me. It means, listen, listen. It means, it means, very simply, listen. Put, put the verse up one more time. And does not despise his prisoners. In Hebrew, it means those that are captives of hope. Bishop, what do you mean? Believing it's going to get better makes you, according to David's situation, a prisoner of hope. Because everything in the situation suggests it won't get better. But I've been serving him too long to think that it won't get better. So the prison that your neighbor is in is not a dungeon of discipline necessarily. It is not a prison to contain them, but it is a place that keeps them saying, I know. That I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. 
it's going to get better. And because I believe that, that puts me in a prison called hope. And that's why when you had other friends fall away from church, you didn't. And when you had family members fall away from Jesus, you didn't. Why? Because you've been locked up by hope. And hope has locked you up and makes you believe it's going to get better. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.